0: The Priory School by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, dramatized by Grant Eustace, with Roy Marsden as Sherlock Holmes and John Moffat as Dr. Watson. Sherlock Holmes and I have had some dramatic entrances and exits upon our small stage at Baker Street, but I cannot recollect anything more startling than the first appearance of Dr. Thornycroft Huxtable. His first action, when the door had closed behind him, was to stagger against the table, whence he slipped down upon the floor and lay
1: insensible. Uh, Brandy Watson, quickly! Right. I'll support him. Man's absolutely exhausted. Return ticket from Mackleton in the north of England inside his waistcoat pocket. It's not
2: twelve o'clock yet. He has certainly been an early starter. Oh, forgive this weakness, Mr. Holmes. I have been a little overwrought. Oh, oh, uh, thank you. I I came personally in order to ensure you would return with me. I fear that no telegram would convince you of the absolute urgency of the case.
1: When you are quite restored.
2: I am quite well. Mr. Holmes, I wish you to come to Mackleton with me by the next train.
1: I'm sorry, but as Dr. Watson can confirm, we are very busy at present. Oh,
2: yes, yes. Only a very important matter could call me from London. Important? Have you heard nothing of the abduction of the only son... Of the Duke of Holiness? Holiness? The former cabinet minister? Exactly. Oh, one of the greatest subjects of the crown. The greatest. And perhaps the wealthiest. His grace has already intimated that a cheque for £5,000 will be handed over to the person who can tell him where his son is. Oh. And another thousand to him who can name the man or men who have taken him. Oh, a princely offer.
1: It is, yes. Well, I suppose, with a little rearranging, we could accompany Dr. Huxtable back to the north of England. Eh, uh, Watson? Oh, uh, Excellent. First, kindly tell me what has happened, when it happened, how it happened, and finally, what Dr. Thornycroft Huxtable has to do with the matter, and why he comes three days after an event. What? Your unshaven chin reveals the date to ask for my humble services.
0: Our visitor began with great vigour and lucidity to explain... He was the founder and principal of the Priory School near Mackleton, which had established itself as the most select preparatory school in England. This position had recently been confirmed when the Duke of Holderness sent his only son and heir, the ten-year-old Lord Saltire, to the school.
2: The boy arrived on May the 1st, that being the beginning of the summer term. In a fortnight he was quite at home with us, and apparently absolutely happy. Why do you say apparently? I trust I am not indiscreet. Half confidences are absurd in such a case. Oh. Lord Saltire was not entirely happy at home. Oh, for what reason? It is an open secret that the Duke's married life was not a peaceful one. And the matter ended in a separation. Oh. The boy's sympathy is unknown to have been strongly with his mother. Who is now where? The Duchess has taken up residence in the south of France. And now we come to the night of last Monday, May the 13th. That was when the boy was last seen. The window of his room was open, and it is sure that this is the only possible exit. Why not through the house? He must have wakened other boys in the rooms through which he would have to pass. Where is his room? On the second floor. Oh, but uh, surely... There is a stout ivy plant leading to the ground. Ah, oh, When was his absence discovered? At seven o'clock on Tuesday morning. He had dressed himself fully before going off. Could uh, someone else have entered the room? There were no signs. And a struggle would have wakened the other
1: boys you mentioned. Yes. Go
2: on. When we checked the rest of the establishment, we learned that Lord Saltire was not alone in his flight. Heidegger, the German master, was missing. But he had apparently gone away partly dressed since his shirt and socks were lying on the floor. But had he let himself down by the ivy, too? Undoubtedly. We could see the marks of his feet where he had landed on the lawn. His bicycle was also gone. Indeed. What sort of man is this German master? He came to me two years ago with the best references, but he is a silent, morose man, not popular either with masters or boys.
0: And there has been no trace of either boy
2: or master since then? None. The duke is greatly agitated. As you are yourself. The suspense and responsibility have reduced me to the state of nervous exhaustion in which you yourselves have seen me. Mr. Holmes, if ever you put forward your full powers, I implore you to do so now.
1: You have been very remiss in not coming to me sooner. It is inconceivable, for example, that the ivy and the lawn would have yielded nothing to an expert observer. His grace was extremely desirous to avoid all
0: public scandal. Oh, but there has been some official investigation. Uh, yes, but it has
2: proved most disappointing.
1: The mm. affair has been most deplorably handled. And yet the problem should be capable of ultimate solution. Had the boy a bicycle? Uh, no. Was any other bicycle missing? No. You do not mean to suggest that this German rode off upon a bicycle in the dead of night, bearing the boy in his arms?
2: The bicycle may have been a blind. It may have been hidden somewhere, and the pair gone off on foot.
0: Ah, but surely he would have hidden a couple of bicycles if he desired to give the idea that they had gone
1: off upon them. Of course they would. Your blind theory won't do. But the incident is an admirable starting point for our investigation.
0: Holmes ordered a four-wheeler and we were soon headed for Euston. On the way, Holmes questioned Dr Huxtable
1: further. Did anyone call to see the boy on the day he disappeared? No. Any
2: letters? One, uh, from his father. When had he a letter before that? Not for several days. Had he ever had one from France?
0: Never. The point of Holmes's questions was clear. If the boy went of his own free will, we could expect some prompting from outside to make so young a lad do such a thing. And his father had written to him on the very day of his disappearance.
1: Was the Duke's last letter found in the boy's room? No. He had taken it with him.
0: It was already dark by the time we reached the cold, bracing atmosphere of the peak country. When we arrived at Dr Huxtable's school the butler whispered something to his master, who turned to us in agitation.
2: The Duke and his private secretary, Mr. James Wilder, are in the study. come, gentlemen, and I will introduce you. Thank you.
0: The famous statesman, familiar from his pictures, looked at us stonily as we entered. But it was James Wilder who opened the conversation.
2: His grace is surprised, Dr. Huxtable, that you should have taken such a step as inviting Mr. Holmes here without consulting him. When I learned the police had failed... His grace is by no means convinced that the police have failed. But surely, Mr. Wilder... You are well aware, Dr. Huxtable, that his grace is anxious to take as few people as possible into his confidence. The matter can be easily remedied. Mr. Holmes can return to London by the morning train... Hardly that, Doctor,
1: hardly that. This northern air is invigorating and pleasant, so I propose to spend a few days upon your moors and occupy my mind as best I may.
2: Oh, but really, Mr. Holmes? Since
3: uh, Mr. Holmes has already been taken into your confidence, it would indeed be absurd that we should not avail ourselves of his services.
1: I thank your grace. Have you formed any explanation in your own mind as to the mysterious disappearance of your son? No,
3: sir, I have not. Do you think the Duchess had anything to do with the matter? I do not think so. But the lad had some wrong-headed opinions, and it's possible he may have fled to her, aided by this German. I have advised the police to turn their attention to the south of France. Hmm. One more question, Your Grace. You wrote to your son the
1: day this incident occurred? No. I wrote upon the day before. <laughs> exactly. But he received it on that day. Was there anything in your letter that might have induced him to take such a step? No, sir. Certainly not. Did you post that letter yourself? Post? so. <coughs> His
2: grace is not in the habit of posting letters himself. This letter was laid with others on the study table, and I put them in the post-bag. You
1: are sure this one was among them? Yes, I observed it.
0: I could see there were other questions which Holmes would have wished to put, but the nobleman brought the interview to an abrupt end. So my friend flung himself at once, with characteristic eagerness, into the investigation. The rooms of the boy and the master yielded nothing fresh, and the lawn below their windows also offered nothing. So Holmes left the house alone, and only returned after eleven. He had obtained a large map
1: of the neighbourhood,
0: which he laid
1: out on the table. This case grows upon me, Watson. There are decidedly some points of interest in connection with it. Now, consider the geographical features on the map. Mm. This dark square is the Priory School, Mm. and this line that runs east and west past the school is the road. No side road for a mile
0: either way, so if Master and Boy made a way by road, it was uh, this road. Exactly.
1: Uh, but by a happy chance we know they did not. Oh, there witnesses then? There are. A country constable in one direction, a household waiting up for the arrival of a doctor in the other. Ah, but the bicycle... Yeah, quite so. We shall come to the bicycle presently. But
0: if these people did not go by the road, they must have traversed the country
1: to the north of the house... Or to the south? Yes. On the south is, as you perceive, a large district of arable land... ...cut into small fields with stone walls between them. Mm. There, I admit, the idea of a bicycle is impossible. But to
0: the north, there's this grove of trees marked as the ragged shore... ...and
1: beyond, a great rolling moor. A peculiarly desolate plain... ...until you come to the Chestfield High Road. Mm. But the moor is intersected with paths... ...and a good cyclist does not need a road... And the moon was at the full No, Now, the map shows a, a water course across the moor, uh, which, with luck, will help us. It is vain to look elsewhere for tracks in this dry weather, but at that point there is certainly a chance of some record being left. Early tomorrow morning we will try and mm-hmm. throw some light upon the mystery. Mm-hmm.
0: The day was just breaking when I
1: woke to find Holmes by my bedside, fully dressed. I have done the lawn and the bicycle shed, and had a ramble through the ragged shore. Now, Watson, there is cocoa ready in the next room. Do hurry, we have a great day ahead of us. Yet,
0: at first, we had only the blackest disappointment. When we reached the morass on the moor, there were marks of sheep in profusion, and in one place, the tracks of cows. But of the boy, or the German, there was no sign. Yet they could not have gone this way without leaving a trace.
1: Check number one. But wait a moment. What are we here? Ah, oh, a bicycle track. A bicycle certainly, but not the bicycle. Oh. This, as you perceive, is a Dunlop tire with a patch on the outer cover. Heidegger's tires were palmers which leave longitudinal stripes. Ah. The mathematical master was sure upon the point. But whoever it was, he was going from the direction of the school. Yeah, or towards it. Oh, no, 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 my dear Watson. The more deeply sunk impression is the hind wheel upon which the weight rests, and in several places it has passed across and obliterated the more shallow wheel mark. Let us trace this backwards.
0: We did so, and although it was intermittent, and once nearly lost beneath the hoofs of cows, it ran back as far as the ragged
1: shore. Well, well. It is, of course, possible that a cunning man might change the tire of his bicycle in order to leave unfamiliar tracks. Uh, A criminal who is capable of such a thought is one I should be proud to do business with. (laughs) We will leave this question undecided and hark back to the morass again.
0: This time, our systematic survey was rewarded. Down the centre of a path ran an impression like a fine bundle of telephone wires.
1: The Palmer Tire. Kindly walk clear of the path mm-hmm. and let us see if we can follow its trail.
0: Although we frequently lost sight of the track, this portion of the moor had enough soft patches in it for us to pick it up once more.
1: Do you observe that the rider is undoubtedly forcing the pace? Yes, yes. Both tire impressions are as deep as each other. That can only mean he is throwing his weight forward as a man does when he is sprinting. Mm. Hello. Hello he had a fall and a bad one
0: to my horror Holmes held up a crumpled branch of flowering gorse the yellow blossoms were all dabbled with crimson on the path too and among the heather were dark stains of blood
1: not an unnecessary footstep Watson now what are we here he fell wounded He stood up, he remounted, he proceeded. Mm -hmm. Cattle on the side path. He was surely not galled by a bull. Hardly, likely. No, but I see no traces of anyone else. We must push on, Watson. Right.
0: Our search was not a very long one. Out of the thick gorse bushes ahead, we dragged a bicycle with Palmer tires smeared all over with blood beyond the bushes lay the rider he wore shoes but no socks and a nightshirt below his coat it was undoubtedly the german master with a frightful blow on his head which had crushed half his skull to save time we called over a man whom we saw cutting peat and sent him off frightened by what he had seen with a note to dr huxtable to alert the police. Then, a little way from the body, we paused while Holmes analysed our discoveries.
1: We have picked up two clues this morning, Watson. The two different bicycles. Mm -hmm. One has led here. Uh, But before we see where the other leads us, let us be certain of what we know already. Well, the boy left of his own free will. Mm, That is sure. He was fully dressed when he fled, so he foresaw what he would do. Uh, But the German went without his socks. Hmm. He suddenly acted on very short notice. From his bedroom window, he saw the boy leave. He seized his bicycle, pursued the lad, and in pursuing him, met his death. Which brings us to a critical part of the argument. A man could run and overtake a boy, but the German does not do so. He turns to his bicycle. Because he can see that the boy has some swift means of escape. The other bicycle? Hmm. Continue the reconstruction for a moment. The master meets his death not by a bullet, which even a lad might conceivably discharge, but by a savage blow from a vigorous arm. So, the boy had a companion in his flight. Which was swift, since it took five miles before an expert cyclist could overtake them. Yet we survey the ground round the scene of the tragedy. A few cattle tracks... Nothing more. No cycle tracks, no human footmarks. Holmes, this is impossible. A most illuminating remark. (laughs) It is impossible, as I stated, and therefore I must in some respect have stated it wrong. Come then, let us see what the Dunlop tire with the patched cover has to offer us.
0: Hmm. We picked up the track again and followed it until we lost it at a point where it might equally have led to Holderness Hall, or the village on the Chesterfield Road. Holmes opted for the latter, but as we approached the village inn, where a man sat smoking a black clay pipe, Holmes gave a sudden groan and clutched my shoulder. He had twisted his ankle.
3: Mr. Reuben Hayes? Aye. Who are you, and how did you get me name, Sir
1: Pat? It's on the board above your head. Mm. It's easy to see a man who is master of his own house. Uh, Have you such a thing as a carriage in your stables? I have not. I can hardly put my foot to the ground. Don't put it to the ground. Hmm. But I can't walk. Well, then hop. This is really rather an awkward fix for me. I don't mind how I get on. Neither do I. I would offer a sovereign for the use of a bicycle to Holderness Hall. (laughs) Pals of the Duke, are you? (laughs) We bring him news of his son. What? Uh, Heard of in Liverpool. They expect to get him any hour. Uh, I've less
0: reason to wish they'd do well than most. But I was his head coachman once, and cruel
3: baddy treated me. But uh, I'll help you to take the news to the hall. Thank you. We'll have some food
1: first, and then you can bring round the bicycle.
3: I haven't got a bicycle, I tell you.
0: Once inside the inn, it was astonishing how quickly Holmes's sprained ankle recovered. It was after we had eaten and Holmes was looking out at the stables in the squalid courtyard that a thought suddenly struck him. By heavens, Watson,
1: that's it. you remember seeing those cattle tracks today?
0: Yes, of course, they they were
1: everywhere. Exactly. Well, now, Watson, how many cows did you see on the moor? Um... I don't remember seeing any. Strange, eh? Well, now you mention it, yes, it is. But can you also recall how the tracks looked? Mm, No, not particularly. Yeah, but I can. What a blind beetle I'd be not to draw the conclusion earlier. What conclusion? (sighs) Only that it is a remarkable cow which canters and gallops.
2: Mm.
1: Come on, the coast seems to be clear. Let's slip out. Mm.
0: In the tumble-down stable, we found two rough-haired, unkempt horses... Holmes raised the hind leg of one of them.
1: Old shoes, but new nails. This case deserves to be a classic. Let us go across to the smithy.
0: But before we could do so, we were confronted by the landlord...
1: You infernal spies! What are you doing here? Why, Mr Hayes, one might think you were afraid about finding something out. Well, you're welcome to all you can find out, but I don't care for folk poking about my place without my leave. So the sooner you pay your score and get out of here,
0: the better I shall be pleased. So we left. But no sooner had the curve of the road hidden us from the inn than Holmes stopped.
1: We were warm at that inn, Watson. I grow colder every step I take away from it. A more self-evident villain than that Reuben Hayes I never saw. Yes. The inn is an interesting place. There are the horses. There is the smithy. I think we shall have another look at it.
0: We turned off the road and were making our way up the hill when we saw, coming from the direction of Holderness Hall a cyclist.
1: Get down, Watson. Yes.
0: The man flew past us amid a cloud of dust, in which we glimpsed the pale, agitated face of James Wilder.
1: Come, Watson. Let's see what he does.
0: By the time we reached the inn, Wilder's bicycle was leaning against the wall. There was no sight of anyone. Then, suddenly, a trap wheeled out of the yard and tore off at a furious pace in the direction of Chesterfield. Chesterfield.
1: What do you make of it, Watson?
0: It looks like flight. But it was not James Wilder.
1: No. There he is at the door.
0: The secretary stood peering out into the night. It was evident he was expecting someone. Eventually, a second figure appeared on the road and went in. But it was by now too dark for us to see more than the person's silhouette crossing the threshold.
1: It's a curious class of custom that is done by this inn. Watson, we really must investigate this a little more closely. Have you a match, Watson? Uh, yes. Sir. Let's have a look at this bicycle. Huh. A Dunlop tyre with a patch. So, there just remains that window above us. If you will be good enough to bend your back and support yourself upon the wall, I think I can manage a peep through. Uh.
0: And it was no more than that. For he hardly had his feet on my shoulders, than he was back down again. And without a word, we set off down the road. First to Mackleton Station to send telegrams, and then back to the school to console Dr. Huxtable, and then to sleep after our busy day. The next morning, with Holmes promising the solution to the mystery, we went to Holderness Hall.
1: I must see the Duke, Mr. Wilder. But he's in his room. Then I must go to his room. I believe he's in his bed. I will see him there. Very good, Mr. Holmes. I will tell him you are here.
0: Thank you. After half an hour's delay, the great nobleman appeared. He seemed to me to be an altogether older man than he had been the morning before.
3: Well, Mr. Holmes?
1: I think, Your Grace, that I could speak more freely in Mr. Wilder's absence. If Your Grace wishes yes, me to go, Yes, I...
3: yes, you had better go. Now, Mr. Holmes, what do you have to say?
1: Dr. Huxtable mentioned that a reward totalling £6,000 had been offered in this case. That is correct. Then perhaps you will be good enough to make me out a cheque for that amount. Is this some unpleasant joke, Mr. Hermes. No, not at all. I know where your son is, and I know some, at least, of those who are holding him.
3: Where is he?
1: At the inn about two miles from your park gate, known as the Fighting Cock.
3: And uh, whom do you accuse? You. How much do you know? I saw you together last night. Does anyone else besides your friend know? I have spoken to no one. Nor I. Then I shall write you the check as you ask, and trust you are both men of discretion. This need go no further.
1: Matters can hardly be arranged so easily, Your Grace.
3: There is the death of the schoolmaster to be accounted for. But James knew nothing of that. It was the work of the brutal ruffian he had the misfortune to employ. He was not present at the murder, and abhors the fact that it occurred. The instant he heard of it, he made a complete confession to me. He lost not an hour in breaking entirely with the murderer who has escaped. Reuben Hayes was arrested at Chesterfield,
1: on my information, at eleven o'clock last night.
3: You seem to have powers that are hardly human. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that Hayes is taken, as long as it will not react upon my son. On Lord Soltair? No, Mr. Holmes. On my son, James.
0: It was now Holmes's turn to be astonished by the revelation that James Wilder was the offspring of an earlier liaison and that the Duke had cherished him for the sake of the now dead mother. But James had always hated his legitimate brother and conceived a scheme to bargain the return of the abducted son for his own nomination as the Duke's
3: heir. He knew well I should never knowingly invoke the police against him. But he never made such a proposal to me, for your discovery of that man Heidegger's body uh, wrecked his scheme. But uh, why did you leave Lord Saltire at the inn? James begged me to leave him under the charge of Mrs Hayes for three days. It was impossible to inform the police where he was without telling them also who was the murderer. And that must have ruined my unfortunate James.
1: I am bound to tell you, Your Grace, that you have placed yourself in a most serious position in the eyes of the law. But even if all that is resolved without the public scandal which you seek to avoid, the presence of Mr. James Wilder in your
3: household can only lead to further misfortune. I understand that, Mr. Holmes. It is already settled that he shall leave me forever and go to seek his fortune in Australia. Since much of the unhappiness in my married life was caused by his presence, I am also hopeful that the Duchess and I can make amends.
1: It was, of course, a note as if from the Duchess that Mr. Wyler added to your letter to entice Lord Saltire to leave.
3: Yes. He first cycled over and spoke to him and arranged for him to go with a man who would be waiting at midnight with a horse.
1: Hayes, of course. Who had shod his horses with shoes which counterfeited the tracks of cows. Uh, Do you know where he learned so extraordinary a device?
3: Come this way, gentlemen.
0: The Duke opened a door and showed us into a large room furnished as a museum. He led the way to a glass case in a corner and pointed to the
3: inscription. These horseshoes were dug up in the moat of Holderness Hall. Shaped with a cloven foot. So as to throw pursuers off the track. Exactly. They are supposed to have belonged to some of the marauding barons of Holderness in the Middle Ages.
0: Holmes opened the case, moistened his finger, and passed it along one of the shoes. A thin film of recent mud was left upon the skin.
1: The second most interesting object I have seen in the North. Extraordinary. And the first, Mr. The check your grace is about to write out. In The Priory School
0: by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Roy Marsden played Sherlock Holmes, John Moffat, Dr. Watson, Sean Barrett, Dr. Thornycroft Huxtable, Spencer Banks, James Wilder, Hugh Dixon... Duke of Holderness, and Tony McEwan, Reuben Hayes. The music was written by Joss Sanglier and played by Joss Sanglier and Elizabeth Fellows. The Priory School was dramatized by Grant Eustace
2: and directed by Michael Bartlett for Daedalus Productions.